You are listening to Feeding the Mouth That Bites You with Ashley Parrish and Jessica Pfeiffer. A weekly podcast guide on parenting teens and launching them into the world. As always, we are joined by psychologist and author, Dr. Ken Wilgus. Hey everyone, and welcome back. Today's episode, we'll be discussing mothering styles, fathering styles, and understanding each other. Before we get started though, Dr. Ken, we have a question from a listener. If anyone has been listening to our podcast, they know that once our kids become teenagers, they get the freedom to listen to whatever music that they'd like. Um, But we've never really discussed concerts. So our listener wants to know if our teen has the freedom to listen to whatever kind of music that they would like, does that mean they also get to go see that type of music, those artists in person at a concert? You know, that comes up not infrequently. Um, I'll put in the first reminder is that we give our teenagers the quote freedom to listen to what they want because they already have the freedom to listen to what they want. It's just not controllable in our age anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we've talked about and you, everyone knows that that doesn't mean you have to listen to it. Certainly the siblings don't have to and all that. But it does come up that you know, largely because you have these kind of argumentative kids going, well, you know, I listen to this you know, rapper all the time. So why can't I go go to a concert? And I would think about that in two different ways. It obviously doesn't mean we want to manage the concerts you go to because of what you might hear from the performers. No, I mean, you're already listening to that. However, and certainly depending upon the age of your teenager, these venues can be dangerous or uh, there's just lots of other dangers, if you were, things to be concerned about. So I think one of the important things I remind parents is make sure that your teenager understands what you're not uh, sort of not agreeing to. Because I got to remind you, if you're sitting in the office with teenagers, they're paranoid. They're like, they're trying to keep me from going and hearing that. Is that what they said? They said, you don't want to hear this because, you know, you listen to it all the time. I think so. Why don't you ask? Like, so you got to be clear with them that this is not a restriction of music. Uh, and and that's mostly what teenagers are. You restricting my music? No. Uh, there were two people arrested at the last concert by these people. A lot of drugs there, and you're 14, so not yet. And remember, mm-hmm. virtually everything is not. There's never no. It's just not yet. Mm-hmm. But I would pick a time, yeah, in late adolescence where, uh, if it's a, and, and that's really true. You know, venues aren't that dangerous. They're not a constant. Some of them may be, but most of them are fairly reasonably controlled. So if basically you're looking for, can I let my teenager make this choice and not put them at great risk? And if you can say yes, then try to say yes to it. But the main thing is just clarify those two things. Cause I'm telling you, your smart mouth teenager will accuse you of you're not letting me, you said I have the freedom to listen to what I want to listen to. That's, that's not what this is. Well, and particularly for your younger teenager, you're going to have to drive them to that concert anyway. You could always, no. you could always tell them if they offer to buy you a ticket, maybe you'll go with them and ex- escort them. <laughs> well, They'll change their mind real quick. Ever heard of a British band called Gorillas with a Z? They're not as big now. I sat through an entire Gorillas concert with my youngest and her friend. <laughs> and it was okay. But, uh, and then I, I went to uh, Radiohead, but that was okay with me. I like Radiohead. So but yeah, no, you, you, you have to go through it's, it's, why is it always dads that have to do this? We always have to go to these uncomfortable places where I'm like this old dude, you know, walking around with a photo going, have you seen my daughter? You know, whatever. It just looks. Really 
Because us moms are smart. We volunteer you for that sort of fun. I thing. think that's probably right. Besides <laughs> the dad is willing to run, run. Well, okay. So that actually gets into it, uh, which is here's, here's what I wanted to talk about today. Cause I was talking with a couple just recently and they were saying that, you know, when, with most of their kids, they get along fine. Uh, they, they kind of cooperate with each other, but with their one really difficult kid, it really highlights tensions that they have. And, and I pointed out, well, it's probably the standard uh, tensions of what a mother's goals and intuition is in, in mothering and what a father's goals and intuition is in fathering. And they weren't really clear what I was talking about. And in this, they don't listen to the podcast all the time. So, and these are little kids, but um, it occurred to me that it's important uh, to understand each other's style uh, in, because there's some distinctive, we've touched on it many times on this podcast, there's distinctive differences in the goals and concerns that mothers have versus fathers. And to really get along, it's critical that you really understand each other's style rather than just assume that the other parent is doing it wrong, particularly in divorce situations where you're struggling already to not really think this other parent is a complete loss or failure, uh, to actually at least try to give some uh, credit to what these different styles are. And this is a struggle that, I mean, we have, even if we're not divorced, you know, um, oh, yes. I have been divorced, but I am married and, um, you know, these are, these are struggles, you know, within our own, our own marriage with our, our kids here in our own house. So how is this different than communication though, Dr. Kim, because I feel like at the root of it, it's kind of of a communication thing. Is that yeah, that's a good question, because we've definitely talked a lot about male and female communication. Mm-hmm. And the reason I wanted to talk about this today is because that's not really what we're talking about. So if communication is the still the kind of things to keep in mind in how to talk to the other, so usually in marriage, uh, for example, women n- taking more into account the issue of respect that men think of and status and men taking into account much more about sharing and con- connection uh, and, you know, and hearing what is inside, those kind of things, that helps you communicate. But this is more one of the major topics that needs to be communicated about. And that is that we've talked about this many times. I think most people understand that mothers, if there's a standard mothering style, there's always many exceptions, but the most standard kind of goals and, and sensitivities that I see in moms is what I call nurturance. It's just, I want to make sure my baby is okay that she has what she needs, that uh, they're watched over and, you know, protected, that kind of thing. And I think most people kind of get that, but it's important for fathers to understand uh, because it's different from fathering. Not only is fathering different uh, general approach, but men are not real good at describing this, which means that a lot Mm -hmm. of times a mother misunderstands his goals. And that's when I was talking to this couple, I was like, well, you know, the fathering style is what I call warrior training. I don't know why. I think I put the word warrior in there because men like that word. It's like, yeah, let's call it, it you know, barbarian <laughs> it training. Makes, makes me think of Tim, the tool man Taylor, you know, like his little grunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's yeah. go with that. But the point <laughs> is, is that, I, and I can tell you, and most every father listening, I believe will agree from very early on, you know, when I look at children and see them out of control, and uh, not doing things for themselves that they could be doing for themselves, it really makes me mad. I mean, it irks me. But the reason it irks me is that general feel of uh, if we 
keep doing this thing or don't keep doing this thing. This kid of ours will never be able to do this on their own. It is a style, it is a preference and a style from very early on. Not that fathers don't care about their kids having what they need, but they are constantly aware of if we overprovide, if we allow them to get away with all these different things, then they will not be able to be in, in a community. They will not be able to manage themselves. And that's a very common approach that looks really different to mothers, especially in adolescence, mm-hmm. because very often doing the preparing of a kid looks to a mom like, so we're just not going to do anything. We're, and dads are like, well, I guess not. Well, no, no, no. We are, yes, we are not going to intervene here uh, because that's what a father will think we need to do. We must leave this to our kid. And that just can seem very odd to a mom. And like mm-hmm. I say, very often fathers don't know this in themselves. They wouldn't describe it, but I, I would wager there's a number of fathers going, yeah, that's, I mean, I watch kids at Walmart and get mad because of how they're treating everyone around them and the mom. And it is because I care about that kid. I just think, you know, he's not going to be able to have family, friends. He's going to be a loser if he doesn't get himself under control. So it's a kind of a completely different thing that irritates fathers than mothers. Does that, is that clear? Do we know that? Uh, That's relatable. I think a lot of moms see that when a dad decides not to take action or to let their kids suffer consequences, they see that as passivity, that, that, that dad just doesn't even care. Do you not even care about our Mm -hmm. kid that they're making these choices or that they're not headed the right direction? And dad's saying, no, I care, but they're going to have to figure it out themselves. Especially it's very hard. The dad doesn't do a great job of explaining what he's, his reasoning. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, And so she's left with interpreting it from a mom's view and yeah, I mean, you're exactly mm-hmm. right. I've heard he's passive, he's spineless, uh, he just wants to please the kids, just all kinds of theories as to why would he allow more things and not intervene like I want to. Uh, and it, that's what it looks like. You can't imagine that, no, this is part of a style, training. Right. And I think that that is just a breeding ground for resentment um, for the wife, for the mom. Yep. Um, so Dr. Ken, what are some of the most common misunderstandings between the different styles of parenting here? So again, I would, I really emphasize why we're talking about this, this on feeding the mouth is because this really is highlighted in adolescence. Uh, you know, I think especially with early on, uh, with young kids, gosh, I'm feeling it all over again with my grandchildren that, you know, I take the cues from my wife and even my daughter and daughter-in-law because they're they're good at that. And nurturance is important for younger children. Uh, and, you know, some fathers are way too rough, way too, um, you know, not very caring in a way, because this isn't that great a style to emphasize when they're toddlers. But by adolescence, this style, as you know, fits with most of what we talk about. So the first most common issue that comes up is, is just this, that mostly moms will misunderstand what the dad is doing. And it will appear passive, um, you know, all those things that she makes up and knowing that not understanding that difference is important. Number two, and if it even adds to it, is that if you're a mom that's very knowledgeable, I can't tell you how many moms have essentially read enough books to get a master's degree in momming, 
and, mm-hmm. and you have an answer for everything. No, no, I've already taken care of that. We're going to do this and that. Men have this real habit of being kind of passive aggressive, like, oh, okay, well, if that's, if you know it all, then you just do it. Mm-hmm. And what's hard about that is that he will look even more passive because like, for example, just a few weeks ago, this mom was complaining that, you know, we had agreed what the things we agreed to do, he doesn't follow through with. You know, he's, we've said that, you know, we'll, we'll watch over their homework and all that. And I turned to that dad and I said, wait, wait, let me just check something. Do you agree with all this stuff? Like, is this what you think we should be doing? Uh, no. Yeah. Why didn't you tell her that? Because you look, it's her fear is that she's alone in this. Why don't you just have the courage to say, uh, I don't think that's a good idea. Which, you know, you can't imagine. I mean, you wives are scary to your husband's way you <laughs> think. And an answer like, like, okay, fine. What do you think we should do is, you know, we'll shut a man down. It's not fair, but it often happens. So it makes it more complicated, this issue number two, which is very often, not only is there a difference, but you'll find a man that is more than he realizes, passive aggressively leaving this to her. And she feels very alone. And it would be much better for him to have the words to say, yeah, I know that's what you think we should do, but I do not agree with that. And this is why. So again, I really want to make sure that fathers have, they need the words to say, wait, there is a a method to my madness. This is why I'm doing this. So those are the most common, I think. And let me say as a mom, let me admit as a mom that even when our babies were tiny, I was looking at my husband saying, you can't change a diaper like that. You can't do that that way. You're doing it all wrong. Right. You know, I've read every book. I've actually babysat children. You have no idea what you're doing wrong, you know? And he did feel insecure about his ability to manage and care for this baby. And I did, I did a lot of harm in not trusting him to handle it his own way. It just didn't seem right to me. And I think it's easy to be real quick to judge. Well, some men are terrible at it. So, you know, and, and, you know, I I don't, I want to remind moms that, you know, if he really is doing it wrong, it's not that you must bite your tongue. And, you know, I mean, if you can, yes, but all you have to do is just, it's easier if you'll do it in the man speak. If a man Mm -hmm. is telling another man he's doing it wrong, I guarantee he starts with apologies. Yeah. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying that you're doing it wrong. I mean, I really appreciate that you're doing it, but and that helps men understand each other. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, that's, that's a really good point. It, it does kind of beat a guy down, but on the other hand, it's, it's very harmful, hurtful to a, a, a mom to feel alone again in parenting because he once again, didn't follow through with what quote we agreed to. Well, a lot of times we didn't actually agree to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So in parenting, there are times where you come to an impasse one person thinks that this disciplinary action is the right one. The other one says that's too strict. Yep. How do you handle that? I know that you would tell me this is a marriage issue. That's exactly. I mean, I've had, I've had times where we look at each other and I'm like, well, we can just agree to disagree. How do we handle this? Cause I, we're not at all on the same page. Rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> <laughs> He's right. That's, that's a good what, idea. Psychologists recommend. Right. <laughs> um, well, you know, I think the first part is I hope that, um, uh, understanding this will help both of them to come to this as understanding it's a disagreement. It's a valid disagreement because it's very easy, especially for moms who are very involved in all this to come to this quote disagreement 
between me who knows all of this stuff and this idiot husband of mine, that's not really a disagreement that that's going to come across. So it is a real disagreement. And then the way to handle that is the thing I've talked about often, which is most of these real disagreements, uh, as long as the husband will be open about it, is that you don't throw out more articles at each other. And well, this guy said, and I was talking to so-and-so trying to one up each other on why my view is right. You really, the caring way to do it is to have that discussion. You tell me what you fear and I'll tell you what I fear and let's come to a compromise. So if we do this thing we're considering, say switch schools, you, you know, mom, tell me why you're fearful, you know, if we do that. And then her response is, uh, tell me what you're fearful of, dad, if we don't do this. And, uh, and you know, and, and really try to find a way to balance both of those. You know what I mean? Like it, that's not an objective way of doing it. It's a subjective way of doing it. Mo most of the time, parents are not loony. Those are two reasonable options. And you try to do what's best to take care of each other, especially when, you know, one of you can be honest and say, well, I'm not just fearful. I am petrified if we do this. And the other one's like, well, I'm not that worried about doing it. So, okay, we won't do it. Or what, the thing where you take care of each other's fears but as our topic today, that's easier to do if you can at least respect that your spouse's goal or the father or the mother's goal is not absurd or weak. It's reasonable. And that's probably a way better solution than ignoring each other's uh, end goals. And your kids end up fine. They, they can see right through that oh, yeah. lack of unity on how to handle a situation. Oh, yeah. They'll go to mom for certain things, go to dad for certain mm -hmm. things, because they know how to work the system. Go to mom when you're hurt, be hysterical and cry and she'll love on you and nurture you. Go to dad when you <laughs> need some freedom. Go to concert. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's right. Go to concert. <laughs> and of course, this is, this is really ramped up in divorce because mm -hmm. uh, there's, constant, regularly uh, suspicion of each other's uh, motives. You know, dads will come to me with, you know, she lets them do anything. Uh, she just doesn't even, she doesn't care at all. And I'm like, well, that's unlikely, but, and, and moms feel like uh, he doesn't really care. He doesn't intervene. He doesn't involve himself and all these things, basically the kind of things divorce really hurts. So um, in those circumstances, I don't think you can have the, tell me what you're afraid of. And I'll tell you what I'm afraid of. I can count on one hand, the number of divorces that are that uh, agreeable. Um, but instead it is still reasonable to take this into account uh, with your, let's put it this way, with your usually ex-husband, he may not actually be quite as um, lazy or uh, spineless or whatever it looks like to moms, that part of his may be um, that he really doesn't think we should overstate this and that. Uh, and, and the hard part is that, you know, if a, if a husband will be passive about it and kind of passive grows, an ex-husband will absolutely, you know, it's not like he's going to call, we need to talk this through. It doesn't happen very well that way. So mm -hmm. it's something that's important for everyone to take into account for father's to realize more about their ex-wife uh, that is, you know, her, her approach here is, um, is, is the way moms do it. Because frankly, what ends up happening is that once with divorce, you take these two styles that I think are a good balance for each other and they split apart and you get one household that's very preparedness sort of like as in, uh, you know, we leave a lot to you. And then the other house, 
uh, a mom's house will be a tendency to be much more uh, nurturance run run rampant and uh, you know kind of providing and caring way past when they really don't need that mm -hmm. so being those balance providing those balances in a household where you're not really able to balance each other out is is pretty tricky business dr ken i know that a common struggle of my own is that I'm quick to be reactionary. If one of my teens does something, whereas, um, my husband is a lot slower to respond. And I think that sometimes causes a struggle, a misunderstanding between the two of us. Is yeah, that typically a mom and a dad thing? I will say, yeah, I get more of that. Like you have, uh, but I, there's a lot of folks listening. They'll say, well, no, we're the opposite. You know, the dad jumps in usually with anger, whatever. But yeah, I think what's what's more consistent is that uh, moms jump in quicker because of their sometimes wrong sense that this has to be dealt with quickly. And part of the general preparation feeling that dads have uh, includes that, you know, this isn't something we have to make a snap decision on. Uh, because this isn't going to, nothing is on fire here. So it may be important that he explained to her that, no, I, I get it. This is important, but we don't need to make a decision right now. And the problem is that she's going to be left really her stomach churning and fearful and that kind of thing. That gets back to communication, uh, you know, for a husband and wife. Husbands need to really be comforting that, look, I know this is tough. I know it's going to be scary for you, but can you give me an hour? And I promise I'll come to you and we'll talk about it. things like that. But so I think that mm -hmm. happens a lot. Yeah. But it's more, mostly the nurturing drive, you know, more likely gives moms a feel feeling like this is on fire. We have to make a decision right now. And fathers right. instinctively know that, well, you know, there's, there are a few things that are actually that on fire. This has been an interesting conversation. And I think it's been helpful to think about understanding my spouse or my kid's father or mother a little more um, fully understanding each other and the different styles that we have and the way that we communicate those styles in our parenting. So thank you both Ashley and Dr. Ken for another enlightening conversation. Thanks for joining us today. Hit the subscribe button so you won't miss an episode. Also, leave us a review. This is how other listeners find our podcast. Follow us on Instagram at Feeding the Mouth. We appreciate you and would love to hear from you. If you have any questions, thoughts, or ideas about what we've discussed today, please email us at podcast at feedingthemouth.com.